You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome to episode 18 of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I'm delighted to be joined on the phone by none other than Tom Hiscott, the author of the Western League Bulletin. Hello, Tom. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing well. Good to speak to you. How, are you? How about yourself? How are you doing? I'm all right. I'm okay. It was very, very cold at, uh, at Devizes at the weekend. I went along to watch their game um, with um, Ashton and Backwell United. Oh, yeah. And when I, uh, when I got out of the car, I did think that Ashton and Backwell, they, they were a vision in white. Um, they, you know, it was like watching sort of Leeds of the 1970s. And in fairness to them, um, certainly in the second half, that's, that's very much how they played. Um, I was very, very impressed um, with them. Of course, we had their assistant manager on the podcast last week, so I thought I'd go along and uh, give, them a, uh, give them a watch. And uh, unfortunately, they had the better of my, uh, of my new hometown side. But um, very much hats off to Ashton, uh, Ashton and Backwell. And um, I think you called it about, well, probably about a month ago, actually, that they were ones to watch. And they're, although they're eighth in the first division, they are, they're well poised. I would imagine that we will... Um, we will probably cover that uh, later in the podcast. Um, but we're going to kick things off with a bit of Friday night football. Bridgewater seems to be a, a club that are willing to, to play these Friday games and it's certainly paying dividends in terms of the crowd. I mean, 266 there on Friday evening. Uh, unfortunately, all the, the, the fans in attendance, or most of them anyway, didn't, uh, didn't materialise in the three points of Bridgewater. Just a one-all draw at home to Cribs. Uh, Harry Horton had fired them ahead in the 19th minute, uh, but then uh, Cruz managed to fight back. Uh, George Kello scoring a 92nd minute equaliser to grab a point from Cribs, uh, who had earlier in the week, I think we mentioned last week, they had a couple of couple of away games during the last week, and they did uh, exceedingly well uh, to get this point, considering they had played on Tuesday evening as well, where Kello had also scored an equaliser uh, in a one-all draw away at Chiefing Sobbury. So yeah, uh, Friday night, Bridgewater won, Cribs won. Anyway, congratulations to Bridgewater Town in particular, not necessarily for the result, but for that spectacular attendance. Um, more evidence, if evidence is required, that Friday night football is a, uh, is a crowd pleaser in the Tool Station Western League. Anyway, we'll move on to more traditional fare, and now we'll look at the matches that all kicked off on, uh, at 3 o'clock on uh, Saturday the 24th of November. And we start our review by looking at Plymouth Parkway, who uh, had a score to settle away at Brislington. Yeah, indeed. Uh, I think this is the third time they've played this season already. I think they had a cup fixture. Uh, and also, yeah, earlier in, uh, just a month ago in the league, uh, Plymouth Parkway falling to a, a 3-2 defeat at Brislington. Well, this time around they came out with a, a 3-2 win, so turning the tables on, on their host this time. Uh, Oakland Buck, he's a uh, yeah, fantastic, fantastic young striker for Islington. He'd uh, had a very good game in the, in the victory earlier in the league season, uh, and he scored twice again uh, to give Brislington a, a 2-1 lead at the break. Uh, but Parkway managed to fight back, uh, doing pretty well at the moment. The form's definitely picking up. And, uh, yeah, they managed to, to claim the 3-2 victory with uh, second-half goals from Adam Carter and uh, Rob Farkins uh, put, pushing the game in their, uh, in their way. So, yeah, 3-2 win for Plymouth Parkway away at Brislington. Now, the next game we're going to cover is the Ray Johnston derby. It's Hallen against Odd Down. Now, Ray wasn't very happy last week. I think his side conceded a last-minute equaliser, but he probably went home a little bit happier this week. Yeah, indeed. Uh, another, another pair of sides who didn't play that long ago in the league. Uh, a 1-0 defeat uh, at that moment for Hallen, uh, and they managed to turn the tables as well, similarly to, 
to Plymouth Parkway. And uh, yeah, a 3-2 win for them as well. And it was all about Daryl Charmans, and he's got a hat-trick for the home side, uh, who had gone behind in the opening minute, an own goal, uh, handing the Bath side a, an early advantage. But yeah, Charman uh, scoring the closing stage of the first half, and then twice in the uh, the early stage of the second, so it was quite a quick turnaround. Uh, but he managed to, yeah, force, force the uh, initiative very much, and uh, yeah, it was Howland who ran out 3-2 victors. Now our next game uh, features... Shortwood United, um, who've been without a win so far this season. It continued this way on Saturday, but it was much closer with their home game against Bridport. Yeah, indeed. Uh, unfortunately, just a, just a single goal in this one. They did fall to, to Bridport. Uh, Leighton Thomas scoring the only goal of the game. Shortwood still without a point, unfortunately. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, <laughs> every time I seem to say, seem to say they're showing signs of uh, an improvement, a big defeat comes side, I'm scared to say it again. Uh, but yeah, I don't think it'll be long before they do start picking up the points. And we saw from, uh, I can't remember which side specifically it was last season, uh, but they were having similar struggles earlier in the in, in the campaign and suddenly did turn it round ever so slightly and it, it can give a boost. So hopefully uh, Shortwood can find a bit of a bit of a run and uh, yeah, maybe start turning some of these uh, uh, close 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 defeats into, into some points. I think that team was Longwell Green Sports, if uh, memory serves me correctly. Anyway, Shortwood, one of those sides that we would desperately um, want to get onto the podcast. Normally we wait for a positive result so we can um, have an upbeat um, conversation with the manager. Um, But um, Shortwood obviously have remained um, this season without a win. So uh, I thought that it was long overdue. We had a chat with Jason Scrivens, um, their manager, to find out a little bit about the background of what's going on with with Shortwood and really what uh, what the future of the club is. I started by asking Jason just how close he thinks that um, that turnaround result uh, is. Well, I was hoping that uh, that, that first result would have come uh, this Saturday, just gone against uh, against Bridport, uh, where we uh, came very very close and, and lost and lost one one nil. Uh, we, we created opportunities to take uh, that game, uh, possibly as a one-all or, or even uh, if we'd have put our chances away in the first half where it might have well changed the uh, the aspect of the game we, 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 we might have taken all three points Well it, it certainly was a close run thing not not so close perhaps away at Brislington but you gave Bridgewater Town a good game at your place and I mean they are the league leaders so I mean you must be able to take positives from that result as well No, no 100% you know again you know we seem to be taking the top sides uh, especially at home, uh, very very close. Um, you know the, the the lads are finding a massive transition this season because many of them have just come out of youth football and uh, and academy football. So the transition between that style of football coming straight into men's football has has been very tough for them. But uh, they they are starting to to grow up now and, and handle it a lot better, hence why we're starting to give these teams uh, a better a better game. Now, of course, um, last season, Shortwood were a Southern League club, and for many of us who watch Western League football, we, we didn't really know um, what 
to make of Shortwood this season. We knew that there was going to be a lot of uh, a lot of disruption. D- the reputation coming down as a Southern League club was was one that perhaps um, um, was was one that perhaps built you up in terms of expectations. I mean, um, just from your perspective, um, coming in as manager, what what's been what have you found at Shortwood? What what's the Shortwood that that you're experiencing at the moment? Um, it's a total it's a total new um, rebuild. Um, we're, we're rebuilding the club uh, from the ground upwards now. Um, if you look at the last couple of seasons uh, where they've been in the Southern League uh, and, and sort of been a mid-table side in the Southern League uh, and then money problems hit the club. Um, last season's management decided very, very close to the start of this season that it would, wasn't for them to, to go and rebuild a new site to take on the Western League. Uh, and it came very close that the club was going to cease existence uh, at a senior level. So I, I had three weeks before the start of pre-season to, to put any sort of side together. And you personally, I mean, what's, what's your footballing journey been to the Shortwood dugout? started very young. Um, I... I was based uh, and born down in uh, in the Medway Towns, uh, so I was playing uh, local football down there. Uh, I was a trainee uh, at Gillingham Football Club. My background down there was cleaning uh, Steve Bruce's boots when he played for Gillingham. And then when uh, when we moved up to, to Gloucestershire, um, it started with a couple of local sides in, in the lower divisions, then into the county league, I've played for Slimbridge Football Club, um, and I spent five stroke six seasons at, uh, at Shortwood. Hence, hence my uh, sort of relationship with the guys up there. Well, if we have a look ahead, um, you've got bitten away at the weekend. Um, you gave them a good game at your place last month. Do you uh, do you think you can get something from this match? I, I really hope so. Uh, the lads have got to take a lot of positives from the game that's just gone this Saturday um, but that seems to be our laps at the moment we, we perform one week and then go into the next week especially with it being away um, we tend to we tend to drop our standards somewhat um, so I'm hoping that the lads have taken a massive uh, boost from the game against uh, Bridport just gone uh, and we can go and give uh, give Bitten uh, a good uh, a good game again you know <laughs> It's all about every week we're starting again, um, you know. And, and as I said earlier, I, I feel that the, the, the first result is only just around the corner. We've got a couple more lads coming training this week that I hope to uh, hope to sign that have played Western League football as well. Um, but you know, when you're working without a budget, and as as you well know, many teams in the Western League are working with a with a fairly healthy budget. It's, it's hard to go and get the players that, that you require for this standard of football. Well, you've got Bitten at the weekend, then it's Willand, then it's Plymouth Parkway, and then it's Roman Glass. So are you, uh, are you looking forward to a Merry Christmas? Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that, uh, that Santa can deliver me uh, a few points over this Christmas period. Um, f- f- one final question, Jason, and that is: you've, you've mentioned, uh, obviously, you've, you've, you know, you've, you've told us about the background um, to the to the club and to the season. You've talked about 
Shortwood is a work in progress. That the club is being, you know, you're you're having to rebuild and re- restructure as the season goes on, which can't be, um, which can't be easy for you. And of course, you know, the 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 history of the club in the Southern League, the situation with money, um, it, it, you know, even at this level of the game, is something that um, you know that I think many of the listeners will uh, will understand. So, what do you think the plight of Shortwood says about the state of grassroots football at the moment? As we all know, the FA are, are trying to promote grassroots football, but they're not making it as easy for grassroots football uh, to progress with different improvements that have got to be made every season to, to grounds, uh, especially in the Southern League. And I think that was one of the other reasons why Shortwood decided to take voluntary uh, relegation was because of ever-improving uh, ground improvements as well. Um, but like I said, you know, where we are rebuilding, the structure is there now. You know, we've, we've got a youth policy set up where we've got an under-12s and an under-14s this season already playing. Um, that will hopefully progress to a, an under-16s and under-18s in the future. Um, and next season, we're also um, promoting a reserve team. So where we're playing without a budget at the moment, we're hoping that these youngsters then can start progressing through the youth uh, into our men's football. So like I said, it is a total rebuild from the ground upwards now. And my thanks to Jason for his time. And finally, in the Premier Division, Westbury United, they continued their incredible run of form against Clevedon Town. Yeah, uh, Westbury running out 2-1 winners in this one, coming from behind. And, uh, yeah, taking advantage of uh, Bridgewater, obviously slipping up a little bit on Friday night, just managing the draw. Uh, so they've moved to within a point now uh, of the league leaders. As I said, they had to come from behind us. Uh, an early goal from Sid Camper, uh, heading home across from Lucas Valve. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Western managed to, to fight back. Dan Demkiv fouled in the box, uh, and then his brother, and obviously uh, leading scorer Callum Demkiv, uh, converting that penalty to, to level things up. And then 15 minutes from time, Westby managed to, to snatch all three points. And it was a, a header from Ricky Holbert. And, uh, yeah, third and final goal of the game went in Westbury's favour. And, uh, yeah, they ran out a 2-1 victors over Clevedon. Boss, we need some supplies for tomorrow. Oh, what's that? It's the helping hand from Toolstation. But it's a... Uh... A hand, yes. It's showing me around the Toolstation website. Nice. Yeah. I've selected paints, cables, sealant and plumbing fittings. I can check up to the minute stock, hit this button, thanks hand, and it's ready to collect in 20 minutes. So get out of the van. Can't the hand? It can't reach the pedals. Fair enough. Click and collect. Another helping hand from Toolstation. Your best mate for the job. Now, moving on to the First Division, we kick off with the Bishops of Lydiard. They were at home to Wincanton Town, and on this occasion, the visitors were very much at the races. Yeah, indeed. Uh, one man in particular, Toby Cole, uh, managed to get a hat-trick uh, for the away side. Uh, he scored twice in the opening 45 minutes, uh, and then his hat-trick uh, completed that on the hour mark uh, with a far-post header. Uh, ben Brereton and then uh, Harry Miller did manage to, to score after the break for Bishops of Lydiard, but uh, yeah, they didn't didn't get particularly close to, to managing to, to get a point. And it was, yeah, Wincanton who ran out pretty easy winners and uh, Luke White adding a, a late goal uh, to keep them ahead. And, yeah, that was how it stayed. And it was a 5-2 win for Wincanton. Now, moving on to uh, Corsham Town, um, they were taking on the other bishop, this time the Bishops of Sutton. And, uh, well, it was, a, it, was a, it was a good day for the home side. Yeah, indeed. Uh, a topsy-turvy game uh, finally ended uh, with, with Corsham running out the 3-2 victors. 
Uh, just the one goal before the break, and that went to the home side. It was Ben Wickens uh, putting caution ahead, uh, but then Bishop Sutton, not for the yeah, not for the first time this season, uh, doing pretty well uh, in front of goal. And Kyle Box managed to, to score an equaliser for them on the hour mark. Uh, caution then went ahead again uh, for Lewis McCarran before Jack Keane, uh, five minutes from time, managed to to grab what looked like a share of the points uh, when he equalised for the second time to to give Bishop Sutton, yeah, uh, get them back. Uh, Back level, uh, but Caution, uh, for the third time, managed to go ahead in this game, and, and that was how it stayed. It was Dan Heavey uh, in the right place at the right time, 88th minute, and uh, yeah, uh, an important win for Caution, 3-2 victors. Now, moving on to um, something of a local derby here. Longwell Green Sports took on Oldland Abertonians. A massive 139 were at this game, and the home fans would certainly have gone home happy. Yeah, they would. Uh, a big 4-2 win for them. And, uh, yeah, looking looking at their recent form, they're doing extremely well in front of goal. Uh, another four goals for them on Saturday afternoon, a 4-2 victory. Uh, Eugene Keary, Jason Adams and Ben Allen, uh, and there was also an own goal in there, uh, helping them to, to the victory. Uh, Oldland, uh, certainly not certainly not lying down in this one. And Antonio Nurse and Luke Tanner each getting on the score sheet for the, for the visitors, but it was, uh, yeah, a good afternoon for Longwell Green and uh, another three points for them. It wasn't that long ago that we were talking about Portishead's incredible result against former league leaders Welton Rovers. Well, they've done it again. Uh, I can only say, um, I, I would imagine that the Portishead faithful will be singing Can We Play You Every Week? <laughs> yeah, uh, a pretty, pretty uh, comprehensive victory this one. A 5-1 uh, win for, for Portishead, uh, home to, as you say, former league leaders uh, Welton. Uh, and, it, yeah, all went all went wrong from the start, really, for the away side. Robbie Cox scoring inside just 30 seconds to put Porter's head ahead. Uh, and then Elliot Shipway doubling the lead after just four minutes. Joe Batchett managed to, to, to get Welton on the score sheet. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that, that goal seemed to kick-start Porter's head into life. And they scored twice again just before the break uh, through through Joe Catamol and then Kieran Marsden uh, to give themselves a 4-1 lead uh, at the interval. Uh, and then it was just the one goal after half time, obviously, and that went to Catamol as well. So, uh, yeah, as I say, a pretty comprehensive 5 1 victory for Porter's Head uh, over Welton, and they complete the, uh, complete the double over them. Well, I'm delighted to welcome back to the Tool Station Westernly podcast Alan Tyres, the manager of Porter's Head. Um, Alan, thank you very much for taking the time to speak to us. You've, you've played Welton Rovers now twice in the last um, calendar month. Um, you've put eight goals past them, so it must be a case of can we play you every week? <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I don't think I'd like to play them every week, actually, because uh, I'm sure uh, they won't perform like they did last, last week because we scored two goals in the first five minutes, which put them on the back foot. So it was a, it was a little bit of a... Uh, Good start for us, and I, I don't think they recovered from that initially. So I don't think I'd like to play them every week because they're not a bad team. <laughs> well, quite. I mean, no, I don't mean any disrespect, of course, to Welton Rovers because the first time no. you played them, they were league leaders. Um, they they have slipped away a little bit um, since then, yes. but even so, yeah. I mean, Saturday's result in particular, winning five one, that was a great result. It was really good. We played really well. As I said, we got off to a good start. I mean, we scored within the first minute. And that always helps. It puts you on the front foot. And then we scored our second goal a couple of minutes later. And they, and they were they were taken aback. And uh, having said that, they, they did manage to get it to 2-1. But we scored two more goals before half-time. And, and the game was, was put to bed. And the second half um, was, was a much more even game. And, um, you know, but we played ever so well, especially in the first half an hour. We played some really good football from front to back. Um, create some good chances 
And to be honest, I was slightly disappointed. I said at half time, I think we could be more than than four one up here. To be honest, um, but we played ever so well. That was probably our best performance. Certainly our best half that we've played. Is it a case of will the real Portishead please stand up? Because I'm not sure whether you are whether you are the side that has beaten Welton Rovers twice, or whether you're the side that lost to Canesham and Devizes. Well, the difficulty we have at the moment is we've got players who uh, aren't available every week. Um, so consistency has been a real problem for us. So we 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 really have the same the same team out. Uh, and, and that doesn't help you at all. Now, the team we had out on Saturday was very, very strong. And, and to be honest, I, I think we would have put up a good performance against any team in the in the, in the Toll Stations League. Um, but again, people are working and people aren't available. We've got a guy who's a fireman, so he can't play on every Saturday. And, and that, that means there's no consistency sometimes. So that, that's the problem. But when we're at full strength, we're, we're more than a match for anybody. Now, I noticed you went out of the Les Phillips Cup to Ashton and Backwell last month, uh, and yes, I was really impressed with them when I saw them at the weekend. What, what did you make of them? Yeah, they're, they're, a good, they're a good team. Back on the back really, really well. Um, they, they play through the thirds. They get, they get their, um, their, their full-backs high and, and split the centre-backs, and they, they play some good football. Um, having said that, um, I was very disappointed in the result because we had a, the, the most blatant penalty you've ever seen in your life. I mean, the guy played basketball for, for two minutes with the ball, and the ref didn't, didn't give it, whereas everybody else in the ground saw it. And, and we, should have got the, um, the, we should have had a penalty. We should have gone there, uh, a penalty shootout. But they're, they're, they're a strong side, very good up front. Um, as I said, they play through the thirds, and they're, they're, they're quite a good team. So, um, you know, I, w- I was pleased with the way we played, but I was disappointed in, in the result because, as I've said, I think we should have had a, a penalty shootout in the end. Well, you, you've got them again on Boxing Day, haven't you? There, um, and yes, I, we have. I, I, I yes. suppose that would that would signify that, in terms of the geography of the First Division, at least, they're uh, they're, they're your nearest rivals. Yes, they're, they're, yeah, they're just down the road from from us, so that that would be a good um, game to play them on Boxing Day. Not far to travel. So uh, I'm, I'm, we're looking forward to it. It should be a good game. Excellent. Now you've got um, before Boxing Day, of course. You've got Sherbourne away, and uh, that's coming up yes. this, this weekend. Given what you said about consistency, I mean, I don't want to gi- I don't want you to give too much away in terms of <laughs> your your problems with player selection or the rest of it. But given what you said about consistency, given the, the strength of the side that you were able to put out on, um, on on Saturday, how important is it for Portishead to get a positive result um, and back up that great win against Welton? Oh, it's really important. We've we've said this before. We, we've been taking a step forward and two steps back, you, you know, a few times, and we build a platform, and then we 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 don't progress from there. And I've said to the, the players quite a few times, it's not just about one game. It's, it's putting together uh, a series of wins and a, a series of performances, and that's what we're trying to do. But as I said, it's really difficult because you know the players' availability and, and getting consistency in, in terms of the, the first eleven on. On the pitch, but hopefully we'll have a good team out on on Saturday, and um, we, we'll we'll give a good performance. So we're looking forward to it. I mean, player availability is not just the theme of 
of our conversations, it's actually something I think I'm more conscious than ever that, that the managers I've spoken to on this year's podcast have, have talked about. And in the coming out of the summer months, when the season started, it was all about holidays and stag do's. We, we talk, one of the things that as fans we enjoy is the, Christmas, is the Christmas schedule. But, you know, if you look back on your time um, in the game, do you think it's more difficult now to get um, players to commit, to get, that, to, to get that strong side out every week than it's ever been? Um, yes, I, th- I think in some respects it is. Um, players are less likely to commit to the whole season. And if they have, I, I find that if they have, there's, there's a lot, as you said, stag dues and holidays and, and other commitments. And, and people have got other things to do. People, you know, have got families. And I, I, I think football has gone down the pecking order in some respects. Whereas when I used to play, Saturday was football. That, that was it. Uh, and now I think other people have got other commitments, and quite rightly so, you know, so they're, they're less likely to be available, you know, for, for all the games throughout the season. Alan, thank you very much for your time, and we'll, we'll keep an eye out and see whether you can um, back up that great win at the weekend um, with another good performance at Sherbourne. Fingers crossed. Thank you very much. Cheers. And finally, Wells City, they were at home to Canesham Town. Yeah, and Kenshin continuing their, uh, their ascendancy up the table up into second now. Uh, three goals in the space of five minutes for them just before the, the half-time uh, interval. Uh, really did turn this one. It was 0-0, uh, 44th minute. It looked like obviously heading 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 into the, the shed square, but uh, no, that wasn't how it stayed at all. And it was Danny, Danny Spill uh, opening the scoring, and that seemed to open the floodgates. Uh, two goals in first half stoppage time added to that from James Ollis and then Matt Brown. Uh, giving Kenshin a, a three-goal lead at the break uh, from absolutely nowhere. Uh, yeah, Wells weren't able to, to regroup and recover in the second half, unfortunately. Just one one goal for them on the afternoon. That came from James Bisgrove, 15 minutes from time. Uh, but it was, yeah, Kenshin who ran out 3-1 winners. Excellent. Thanks very much uh, for that, Tom. Uh, we'll have a look at the fixtures coming up this week now. Uh, there's a very tasty game between uh, Bitten and Bridport on Tuesday night, but really the... Um, uh, the, the Tuesday fixtures are dominated um, by the, the latest round of the Les Phillips Cup. Yeah, indeed. Uh, into, the, into the latter stage of the competition now, and we've got six, uh, six ties on Tuesday evening. Uh, we've got Bridgewater, they're at home again, they host Roman Glass at George at 7.45. Uh, we've then got Bridlington versus Buckland at 7.30. Uh, Carl entertain Wincanton, and uh, Chiving Sodbury entertain Shepton Mallet. Those are both 7.45 kickoffs. Uh, we've then got, uh, then got Kenshin Town of the First Division. Uh, they host Premier Division outfit Cleveland. That should be a good game. 7.30 kickoff there. And then finally we've got Wells versus uh, Plymouth Parkway. And that's another 7.30 kickoff. So, uh, yeah, some interesting ties to look forward to, I think, on Tuesday. Certainly are. And, um, of course, most of the, uh, the managers I've spoken to so far seem to... Uh, think that the, the midweek format for the Les Phillips Cup is a positive. I'm not entirely mm-hmm. sure Plymouth Parkway will agree. I go, going up to Wells um, for a Tuesday night kickoff might be somewhat taxing for them, but um, we'll see. I mean, their manager was pretty philosophical about the travel. You know, it is what it is. You've got, you've got to make the best of it. Um, but um, maybe that's a good chance for Wells to cause an upset. But, I, you know, I think that Plymouth, pretty much whatever team they put out there, you'd, you'd, you'd have to make them favourites. Anyway, moving on from one cup competition to another, Saturday the 1st of December sees the latest round of the FA Vars. And uh, as we always do on occasions like this, it's a time for
for Kerry Miller, the Tool Station Western League's press and media officer, to, um, to, to take us through the runners and the riders. And we, t- we start off with Bradford Town, who entertained Pompey's second finest, Baffin's Milton Rovers. Yes, uh, Baffins, Milton Rovers, who um, are in the uh, Wessex League Premier Division. Um, they're not um, they're not uh, doing particularly well. They're seventh at the moment, um, and uh, they're sort of eighteen points off the leaders. Bearing in mind that the leaders down in uh, in that part of the world are showing who've won all fourteen games, so it's difficult to uh, judge just how good or otherwise they are. But the, the league table says at the moment they've only scored 22 goals in 13 league games. Um, so it should be a tight affair. Um, I'm hoping, of course, that uh, it will go the right way. And there should be a good crowd at, uh, at um, Trowbridge Road on Saturday for that one. Because in the past, I think some of our teams have come unstuck down there. But, um, yeah. um, I mean, the fact that that's at Bradford should really give Bradford fans, um, um, they should be optimistic about getting a positive result. Well, it should. I mean, it's, a, it, it's quite a lively place to go to. Um, they, there's there's, a, there's some passion about the place, um, and uh, it could be a, a quite a tasty little um, atmosphere there, bearing in mind, of course, that Bradford had such a good run last year, and um, they'll be looking to go um, at least one step further, if not two. And uh, it's, quite a, it's quite a trek up from Portsmouth to uh, Bradford-on-Avon. Um, so um, all, all the... Um, it's all stacked towards a good home home uh, performance. Excellent stuff. Now, um, Cadbury Heath, they've got another home tie, haven't they? And yeah. uh, it's against the mighty St Austell. It is. Um, they did very well, uh, Cadbury, down at Exmouth uh, to come back from um, what looked like a, a defeat with two goals in the last couple of minutes. Um, that was a, quite a memorable game, considering Exmouth are doing so well in their, in their league. Um, and uh, they've now got St Austell. Uh, they've got a home tie, of course. It's at Springfield, um, which is a bonus because, um, again, St Austell is um, a fair old track up on a Saturday. Um, they are doing very well at the moment, St Austell. They're scoring a lot of goals. Um, I think it's 44 in about 16 games in the league. Um, there are a lot of goals around in that league at the moment. But Cabri Heath are on a good run, and of course they had a bonus on Saturday because theirs, uh, their game down at Buckland was the only game postponed. Uh, coincidentally, it was the game that I went down to watch, and I turned up and the gates were closed and there was a sign-up saying match postponed. Uh, but that did Cabri Heath uh, a big favour because it's given them an extra week off uh, to get any niggly injuries sorted and uh, just to have a break. And um, so they will be looking for a good result again against an hostel. And uh, fingers crossed on that one. Cribs are the only side that's away from home and they have to go to Salt Ash. They do. It's, it's um, disappointing. Um, I saw them at uh, Bridgewater on Friday night and they looked a good side. They um, played some good football going forward. Um, they got a very strong-looking um, attack. And uh, they actually nicked a point um, off of the leaders with an injury time goal. I, I think I fear for them a little bit because Saltash, they're third in the um, peninsula. They're very strong at home. They've got a good home support. Um, they're quite physical. And uh, they are up there with the likes of Argyle, 
Tavistock, Falmouth and Exmouth and Bodmin all chasing the titles. Um, so they they will be up for it. And um, I think Cribs will, will, um, will have a, a bit of a handful there, but uh, of course, fingers crossed for them. Uh, but it is a, a fair old trek down to the Kimberley Stadium. Uh, and uh, final tie in the Vars sees um, Will and Rovers there at home and they take on um, the Beasts of Bodmin Town. They do. Um, that, I think, is probably the match of the round, um, as far as we're concerned. Um, Willand have been uh, going well. They're, they're well up there in uh, the top of our division. Um, Bodmin are seventh. Um, again, they're another team that scores a lot of goals, but they've been letting quite a few in. They, they did sign um, Glyn Hobbs, a prolific goal scorer, but I believe he's cup-tied. Um, so I don't think he'll be playing on Saturday, but that that is undoubtedly the game of the round. Um, Willans tight little attractive ground down there at Silver Street. I would imagine will be um, will have a, a quite a significant crowd. Um, Bodmin is it's not the end of the world to get from Bodmin to Willand, um, and so they should bring a few up as well. Um, and uh, I'm looking forward to that one. I may well be at that one myself. Um, that uh, that looks a, a prospect for one hell of a game. And uh, will you be um, making a contribution to this week's Sunday Independent? Um, yes, um, I will. These, I'm doing an article on Clevedon Town's um, old grounds. I found some information and um, I've, I've got hold of a couple of people that... Uh, that have done some research on, on Clevedon's old grounds, including a guy called Steve Small, who's Clevedon's historian, who now actually lives in Norfolk. Um, but um, I've pieced together some stuff, and uh, I'm putting that, one, uh, putting that one up, and that hopefully will be in the Independent this Sunday. And my thanks to Kerry for his time. Now, if we have a look at the, uh, the Premier Division fixtures... Uh, for Saturday the 1st. Tom, is there anything that particularly tickles your fancy? A uh, slightly slimmed-down fixture list, obviously, because of the Vays. Uh, I think it's seven matches in the Premier Division on Saturday. I think the one I picked out, uh, Plymouth Parkway Hallam, uh, both sides coming off good 3-2 victories, which we discussed earlier. So, yeah, uh, interesting to see how that one goes down at Beliso Park. Well, I'm going to call out Roman Glass against Bridgewater Town. Roman Glass, we know... Are, um, uh, are a handful this season and Bridgewater of course flying high at the very top of the Premier Division I'm sure that'll be, that'll be a cracker now if we move into the First Division Tom normally the, uh, the pick of the games um, for us tend to be in the Premier Division I'm, I know I'm giving a, a bit of a secret away there of the podcast normally you and I sort of find ourselves scratching our heads sometimes to, to, to find some ultra competitive ties in the First Division but not this week actually there's an awful lot to get the old mouth watering um, what, what games have you particularly um, picked out this week? Yeah I think the one I finally plumped was as you say quite a few to pick from uh, Ashton and Backwell versus Canesham Ashton uh, one of those sides I thought might be might be due a, a good season. They're doing well up in eight, twenty nine points from their seventeen games, so they're very much in the in the race for the top few spots. And obviously Canesham, uh, early season blip, uh, now up into second, and uh, yeah, looking like a, a real force in this league. A uh, good away win for them uh, on Saturday at Wells, and yeah, they get another tough tough away test on on Saturday against Ashton Backwell. So that's probably the uh, the pick of the, the pick of the bunch on Saturday afternoon. But yeah, as you say, plenty of uh, plenty of good games to look forward to. 
Well, if, if Ashton and Backwell play as well as I saw them play in the second half at Devizes, then I think you're absolutely spot on there. And that was at a difficult pitch. I mean, Devizes' his pitch is bobbly, um, to say the least. Um, Canesham, obviously, are used to playing on a carpet, quite literally. Um, but um, Ashton and Backwell, well, they'll be very used to their home surroundings. So I reckon that you're, you're spot on there. That, that They are a team that's well worth watching. They, very, they really impress me. Normally, at this time of the season... The footballing sides can come a little bit unstuck, but I think that, um, that Ashton and Batwell held their nerve at the weekend, and I think their um, um, their game plan paid off. Now there are a number of fixtures that that did that did catch my eye. Um, Cheddar are playing Devizes. It very much depends what Devizes side um, turns up um, at the Theatre of Cheese, um, t- t- depending on how entertaining that game is going to be. Uh, well, City at home to Carn Town. Those are two sides in good form as well. You've got Welton Rovers against Longwell Green Sports, of course. Both of those teams, um, you know, towards the top of the division, and um, Wing Canton in good form taking on Corsham, who've been um, who've been excellent. Which is my pick of the fixture as well. I've got to pick one, haven't I? Really, I'm going to go for Cheddar against Devizes. Why wouldn't I? Um, <laughs> that sort of. That's you know I've heard of wine and cheese, but that would be more like six X and cheese, wouldn't it? Really, what a what a wonderful combination heading into the festive period. Right, um, thank you for my indulgence there of, of going pretty much through the entire fixture list. Um, but it is it is pretty mouthwatering actually in the first division. I think we forget. I mean, the managers come on every week and talk about how anybody can beat anybody in the first division, and there are some very good teams in the Premier Division. We both know that, but actually. If if you know if it's uncertainty, if it's unpredictability, if it's entertainment you want, then um, the first division is really hotting up, and um, and probably that's a wonderful segue for me into us having a look at the league tables. We had a look at the goal scorers last week, Tom. Uh, do you want to take us through the runners and the riders in the Premier Division? Okay, so yeah, as you say, a couple of teams uh, potentially pulling away a little bit at the top. Uh, we've got Bridgewater, uh, they're sitting pretty in first at the moment. 17 games played, they've got 39 points. Uh, and then one point further back, we've got Westbury, and they've played three games less. Obviously, they're still unbeaten. Uh, 14 games for them, 38 points. Uh, and then Willand doing exceedingly well in third. 15 games played for them, uh, 36 points. And then I think we've got to, got to give a mention to Bitten. Only 12 games for them, obviously, quite a few cup games at the start of the season. Uh, and they've got 30 points from those 12 games, so if uh, yeah, they keep that form going, then they're going to be moving moving on up. Uh, we've also got Plymouth and uh, Clevedon uh, doing really well in the top six, both on 27 points. So, yeah, uh, it's looking, looking pretty good for those six sides at the, at the top of the Premier Division. Yeah, looking less good at the bottom. Um, Shortwood, um, yet to register a point, and Hengrove, um, seven points adrift of Chipping Sudbury who are in 18th. Sam Hengrove played 15, they've got seven points. Uh, Roman Glass appear to have, um, have, have fallen down the, the table a little bit. But can't help but feel this is a slightly false position, really, because they've only played 13 matches, got 15 points, and Brislington above them have played 17 and got 16 points. So, um, Although I'm sure Cadbury Heath would complain as well, because they've been in very, very good cup action, which is the reason why they've only played 12 matches um, so far this season, so perhaps the, the bottom of the Premier Division has a slightly false feel about it at the moment. But I mean, having said that, we will wait and see in the shake-up. Christmas, I think. Would you agree, Tom? Christmas is a pretty good leveller. We, uh, you know, when we get out the Christmas schedule, mm. I think we'll put, we'll have a pretty good feel for how these tables are going to pan out for the rest of the season, won't we? Yeah, I think. You, yeah, look in the new year, and you generally get a, get a gist of uh, where, where teams are probably going to. Uh, be come the end of the season, or at least yeah, have a have a better better idea. Still, yeah, most teams 
have played each other by now, but um, yeah, it's not always the case. So there's certainly plenty of movement um, still, still potentially there. Well, one division that seems a little bit more evenly balanced in terms of the number of fixtures played by each club is the first division, with a couple of notable exceptions. But Tim, do you want to take us through the top, the top of the pops in the first of the Tool Station Western League division? Yeah, I mean it's tough to to, to work out where to cut off. Uh, looking at the sides, I think the top eight are all all doing extremely well. So I'll probably give them all a mention. I think Chard, obviously top of the table, uh, eleven wins from their sixteen games. They've got thirty-five points. Uh, we've got Cainsham obviously moving on up there. Uh, they're in second. They've got thirty-two points. So three less than Chard. They've also played sixteen. As have Carl. They've played sixteen as well. They're on thirty-one, and that's the same for for Caution as well. Identical record. Nine game. Nine sorry. Nine wins. Four and three defeats from their 16. Uh, we then got Cheddar, played just 12. So, uh, yeah, as you say, they've played a few less than, than the rest. 12 games played, nine wins, 29 points. Uh, and then we've got three more teams on 29 points as well. We each played a couple more games. We've got Wells, Welton and Ashton and Backwell. But, yeah, that top eight seems to be changing every week. A win and you're moving up into second and then you drop back down to eighth or, or whatever. And there's a, a couple of teams in... in, in as well in devises Longwell Green I don't know how far to go down and Bishop Sutton as well that's even in the bottom half uh, a couple of wins and they'll be up in, in the mix as well so yeah it really is uh, extremely exciting at the top of the top of the first division and uh, yeah that, that playoff uh, sorry that race for promotion could be um, yeah absolutely fascinating if, uh, if it stays that way for, for the remainder of the season The battle at the bottom is um, is, is also an interesting one I mean Bristol telephones are adrift played 16 they're on 5 points there, um, five points away from Radstock Town. Radstock, of course, who've um, got a new manager. Uh, they're locked in battle with the teams immediately above them. Portishead and Chippenham Park, both on 12 points, and Oldland Evertonians on 15, just above them. And, I mean, I can remember a few weeks ago uh, on the podcast that we were talking about Bishops Lydiard, um, who were doing things the right way, playing some good football, doing well at the top. They've They've sunk down that. Perhaps that's the ultimate curse of the podcast, but uh, they now find themselves in 15th on 17 points. So, um, uh, yes, there you go. That is the bottom. But as you say, a couple of wins, and I think people can certainly pull themselves out of trouble and um, uh, m- yeah, make their, make their season all about looking up rather than down. So, interesting stuff. Right then, we're going to have an absolute bumper edition of the Western League podcast to talk about next week because, of course, not only are we going to have some Les Phillips Cup action, we're going to have matters in the First Division and in the Premier Division and, of course, we can't forget about those four FA Vars ties. Um, so, you're going to have your work cut out in next week's bulletin, aren't you, Tom? <laughs> looking forward to it. Always, uh, yeah, always enjoy uh, always enjoy a busy week like this, so yeah, um, plenty to be writing about, which is yeah better than not having anything to write about at all. So yeah, hopefully uh, plenty of goals and plenty of uh, yeah good games to look forward to. Excellent, and of course that bulletin will be on the Western League website uh, in its uh, in its usual place. Yeah, indeed, uh, on the home page there's a uh, yeah about halfway down you can uh, find the latest bulletin, and there's also a tab along the top as well. So yeah. Um, plenty of places to, to, to get involved and, and, and have some check out the bulletin every week, yeah. Excellent. Now, and with, with such a busy week of football going on, what do you get to write about in the non-league paper? Uh, that'll be the Premier Division uh, fixtures that they're, they're usually, usually looking back on. So, uh, yeah, that'll be Saturday's games. And, uh, yeah, a little bit of a slim down list this weekend, but, yeah, looking forward to it nonetheless. Excellent. Thank you very much for taking the time to speak to us again. And my pleasure, absolutely. Excellent stuff, and I look forward to catching up with you on next week's Tool Station Western League podcast. <laughs>